off top. You know, ladybugs can fly 37 miles per hour. Larry Kill only runs 22. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. I'm Dominique Foxworth. That is my wonderful football genius friend, Bill Barnwell. He's joining us along with my fateful milkshake buddy, Charlie Kravis. We had milkshakes. So oh, we got man. big milkshake energy. I went to the Ravens game. I got hilarious Ravens game stories. We got a lot of fun laughing at Brian, our producer, who's a Lions fan. And well, we, we actually felt sorry for him. We didn't laugh at him. Really starting to feel bad for Brian. <laughs> Where do you want to start, though, Charlie? Uh, well, I would like to say I'm jacked up, but I also have a tummy ache. It's a lot of, <laughs> lot of dairy, a lot of late-night dairy. So soft. Um, let, let's start with Ravens and Chiefs. Okay. Um, what a game. What, what a game, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Ravens, uh, they lost. They did. Patrick Mahomes going to another Super Bowl. Um, it was one of those games where at the beginning it felt like the Chiefs were in control and it felt like they were in control for a lot of the game, yeah. despite the fact it was a seven-point game and the Ravens kept having the ball down the stretch. But the question that I came to after that game is, do you guys, do you feel like the Ravens lost that game because of their offense or because they had to play Patrick Mahomes? Um, I think they lost it because of their offense. I think the playing Patrick Mahomes part is fair. He's really good. He was awesome. And the like beginning of the game was mm-hmm. like the scariest portion of the game for the Ravens Stadium where they were up and jacked up. It was intense. And Patrick Mahomes got that thing after Lamar punted away. He got it and he did some freaky stuff all the way down the field. And it felt like there's nothing that this incredible Ravens defense can do about it. He took them on two back-to-back drives and the fans were like cheering but you know we've all been to sporting events where it's like you're cheering but you kind of know the defense brought him back into the game and it felt like there was a chance for some big plays but we all there kind of knew that it was oh it was one of those Patrick games uh throughout the course of it what's up Bill did 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 we know that because they scored after those two drives they scored a total of three points the rest of the game, like the Ravens defense adjusted. They shut Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense down for the majority of the game. So, yes, they gave up 14 points, but this was not a game where the Chiefs proved that they were going to be dominant and then dominated. They proved they were going to be dominant, and then they they were kind of mediocre for the final three quarters of the game. I can't disagree with that. However, and this is more like a gut feel and watching mm-hmm. the game, that it very much felt like the Chiefs were playing a different type of game game plan, and it was, we are not going to give this defense an opportunity to cost us until the Ravens' offense makes us. So it felt mm-hmm. like they were in the first half. Let's get this lead. And then from that point forth, they were not trying to do long-developing drop-back plays. Of course, they're trying to score, but I think more what they were doing was risk mitigation. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I felt like when they needed to drive or they felt like they needed to drive, they broke out the more aggressive things later in the game so I, it sounds like I'm taking away from the Ravens defense their defense was incredible uh throughout the course of this entire game but I did at times feel like a lot like I felt in last week's Chiefs game where it's a team it felt like a big brother situation not a big brother will beat you up but big brother I've been here before I'm comfortable in this this heat is not something that makes me nervous and we'll take the steps that we need to take we're not going to pull out anything too extreme unless we need it you know that we could be going the opposite direction and be doing the 
Lamar can't do it conversation. And you know we're going so far in the opposite direction here on the Dominique Foxford Show that two minutes in, Dominique's talking about a risk mitigation offense. That's where we are at in terms of how down bad we are about the Ravens on the other side of this camera. We have a a longtime Ravens aficionado and a guy who said the Ravens were the best team in football and his pick to win the Super Bowl as recently as what, last week? I mean, I said it before the season started. So, no, like, I'm saying Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah, Charlie, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I picked the Ravens versus the Eagles. I thought the Ravens would win the Super Bowl. So, like, I've been a Ravens aficionado for the this entire season, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's coloring the way that I'm viewing this game. But actually, that I would go the other way if I thought I was like the Ravens defense was great. But I still, and yeah, you could be right. There's. Part of this is probably a bit of like Patrick Mahomes confirmation bias where I'm prone to think of the team that we've seen do it time and time again has some extra ability or is more comfortable in that moment and is more strategic in those things. But that's not unreasonable to think that they understand, they understood that until the Ravens offense proved that they could move the ball consistently, that there is nothing that could put the Ravens back in the game short of a sack fumble or an interception. So it would be wise for them to have a risk mitigation strategy, whether they did or didn't in the course of that game but the ravens did move the ball it's just when they move the ball a bad thing happened and it was a different bad thing each time we're going to talk about some of those bad things i am sure but it was such a weird game because it simultaneously felt like the chiefs were dominating and yet not really doing anything for most of the contest and that's like that's a very different kind of chiefs from the chiefs i think we've seen win playoff games in years past Bill, what did you think about the way that the the game unfolded for the Ravens, though, where um, they only had three early down runs to running backs the entire game? And it felt yep. like the second Mahomes got it going early, it threw off Todd Munkin and the Ravens' entire game script, and Lamar was more erratic, and it was, I don't know, a B-minus Lamar game after it looked like it, it could have been an F-Lamar game early in the game, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Are you sort of surprised by how that unfolded for them, that they couldn't get the offense on track at all? Because they, were yes. they weren't down huge. They could have played their offense throughout the game and continued right. to move the ball. Yeah. They were they were down 10 points in, for most of the fourth quarter. And they – so Gus Edwards got a 15-yard carry on first and 10 in the first half. It was his only carry of the first half. They gave him the ball on first and 10 to start the second half. And then the Ravens never called a run play on first and 10 for the remainder of the game. And again, if you're down 20, you're down 24. Okay, you have to throw. You have no choice. But this is the Ravens. Like, even though they are more pass happy than people think, even though they're not the Ravens of, you know, five years ago, that's not the Greg Roman offense. Like, they still run the ball. They're still good at running the ball. And they're playing a team in the Chiefs that do not have a good run defense. And I was shocked that even if not just for you know, just changing things up, trying a different solution that they did not get to running the ball. And I think that's what surprised me the most about this was, you know, last week we were sitting here talking about how smart, at least I was here sitting here talking about how smart the Ravens were for adapting and adjusting during the game, right? Like first half, they were struggling. We were texting about it. It was Raven Schottenfreud on the text chain. And then second half, Lamar gets going. They get the RPOs going. The running game gets going in the fourth quarter. Like they changed what they were doing and it worked. Here, it didn't really feel like they had that changeup or that plan B. It didn't feel like they had a solution to kind of match what the Chiefs were doing in terms of taking away the intermediate routes. They never got back to running the ball, and they were – they felt shook. I mean, like, yeah. I, I – yeah. this they, is not my 
not my place of emphasis, but I don't know, Dominique, it felt like they were they were not playing scared, but they were I dropping think, passes yeah. and sloppy. Shook is is probably a, a good word for it because I think their answers to the blitz, uh, Spagnola was taking those away. And mm-hmm. I noticed that the what the what the Chiefs did a lot when they anticipate blitz this season they'll go to the four by one especially if they anticipate a zone blitz and it seemed like the four by one is meant to answer when people kind of roll their coverage to take away the hot side of the blitz and they were doing that to the ravens but the ravens didn't have that fourth player over there or they didn't have the answer and then you go backside when they roll away from it and the backside was always a single receiver on a slow developing route and then lamar's in trouble and so it wasn't all on uh todd munkin in that offense but it also wasn't all all on Lamar and I notice mm-hmm. there's sometimes where uh the tackle missed a block and you get pressure the running back gets tossed to the side and the safety's in Lamar's lap then there's other times when Lamar looks to where the hot read is and they've anticipated it and they've rolled the coverage to there and then Lamar's looking back to the other side and trying to make something happen and then there are other times when Lamar makes a bad decision so it was a whole offensive collapse but I might be taking us back uh, several minutes in the podcast, but you said that they moved the ball and they didn't like they really didn't move the ball through the course of this game. I'm looking at the game log. They had the 75 Mm -hmm. yard drive for the touchdown. Well, first they had three plays punt 75 yards touchdown, then eight Mm -hmm. yards punt 19 yards punt six yards punt negative one yard end of half. Oh, that was a nail four yards punt. They weren't moving the ball like they were not moving the ball offensively. But what happened after that? They got a big pass to Zay Flowers and got in the mm. red zone. Zay Flowers was immediately flagged for taunting. Good call. And then they... <laughs> good call. What, I mean, like, I, I tweeted about it. And, and I need to say two, two things can be true at the same time. Taunting is a terrible call and it's obnoxious and annoying and players should be allowed to taunt. But... If you're ever going to call taunting, yes, that was like he hit every, every single like point of emphasis in the rule book. Say Flowers hit. I I respect that he got his full value for taunting in that play. The Ravens fans I was sitting next to were very uh, opposed to the referees before the game started. And then they had that holding call against uh, likely early on that was touchy i would say was a bad call and they were up in arms then there was a series of good calls that the refs made against the yes. ravens that the fans hated like the van noy one was kind of like ticky tack you don't have to call it but he did it the other one where you slap i mean he just bumped him like it wasn't he headbutted him he did headbutt him you were uh, in the game you like, it felt like it just a chest bump felt like <laughs> no, just no, a chest bump. Little, he's, okay. a, he's a dand a little bit okay okay good call then <laughs> and then there's like the slap to the face of Mahomes. these are all good calls and i'm sitting there listening to people these refs are cheating it was really terrible and unfortunate i also heard people oh it's a good story for you oh yeah i right, really like go. this one this is happening here we so, go <laughs> this is early in the game uh well not early in the game but in the first half after a few bad drives in the row by the Ravens um it's quiet in the in the stands and a guy who's like a row behind me like five chairs down stands up Lamar you suck and three guys like three rows in front of me two black guys stand up and turn around and look at him he sits down he's a white guy and and he he sits down very quietly and everyone else uh reduced their Lamar criticism but once we got to the end of the game everybody's like oh Lamar Lamar, just throw the ball. That was the funniest part where everyone's just yelling at him to throw the ball. Hurry up. Hurry up. This is not helpful, guys. <laughs> Hurry up. What do you want him to do? Throw the ball. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, it seems, seems very clear what they wanted him to do. I don't think there's any any skepticism there. I, I this was a game where, like, you got this is the Brock Purdy game from last week. Whatever your priors were heading into this game, you got it. If you believe that the referees wanted to call a uh, a, a game that was going to get Taylor Swift into the Super Bowl, you could probably latch on to three or four calls yeah. and be like, yep, those are calls that were to the Chiefs. The Chiefs had a touchdown taken back on mm-hmm. a total nonsense holding call. Yeah. Um, just like like the worst calls in this game, several of them went against the Chiefs, but it doesn't matter in the big picture. No one yeah. remembers those calls. At, at home, I mean, in the Ravens stadium, no one seemed to mind that call. And my <laughs> guy who said, Lamar, you suck in the third quarter, I do remember, he was like, give him some time. <laughs> he started yelling at the O-line instead. My guy, appreciate it. He evolved. He, well, he, yeah, he learned. He learned. Um, there's not going to be anyone standing up to defend the O-line in this section. There's not going to be some O-line truthers <laughs> backing me up here. Um <sighs> You know, it, it it really felt like without the run, which they sort of arbitrarily decided they were going to get away from, it didn't feel like they had a thing they could rely upon. The yeah. RPOs weren't really there in this game. It felt like this was just a game where Lamar had to make Lamar magic happen. And he did on that early touchdown pass, but it was too few and far between. And so moving the ball maybe is the wrong way to put it, but they had opportunities to yeah. score. And Absolutely. they did not make the most of those opportunities. He, he threw a ball to himself. I was about to say, when you're talking <laughs> Lamar Magic, that was yeah, the coolest play. That was so, and he almost got what, it. What did he, that dude say about that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, the stadium was erupting at that he point. He was like, I knew he was a wide receiver all along. <laughs> yes. Flacco. Bring back Flacco. <laughs> uh, so I, I rolled out a new nickname, Steve Bagnola. How you like that? Because he was in his bag all game. You like it? You can, you can, I'll let you use it. Write it, put it in your, in your piece coming out tomorrow. You can, you can, yeah, write that down, scribble it. All right. Steve Bagnola, he was in his bag. So Nola. I do, so like, I, <laughs> as I get us back on track, uh, oh. minus three turnover differential for the Ravens. Yep. Lamar was sort of a consistent, but the defense was probably the best unit out of any of the teams. Any of the four units we saw on the field, whether it was the Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense, Ravens offense, Ravens defense. I thought the, the Ravens defense were, I mean, like the Chiefs had about 60 yards in the second half before that crazy MVS pass. Um, they really kept them in that game. But I want to know, like big picture, they lost to the Chiefs in a game where the Chiefs punted five consecutive times in the second half with Patrick Mahomes. And there's been a lot of talk about like the playoff medal of this Ravens team. Like Lamar slayed the dragon of being bad in the playoffs last week. He came in. How how do you sort of grade this playoff run in totality when you're looking at when you're looking back on it? Is this, are you going to be like, oh, they they lost to a Patrick Mahomes team like everyone does, or this is a massive wasted opportunity when they were the most talented team in the NFL and they lost a winnable game? It's both, right? Like they they nuance. They yeah. had, you know me. I'm not you know, nuance. You, um, you want something? They with had chest, an opportunity it. to win this game. It wasn't like they were outplayed dramatically by the Chiefs. It felt like all year I was saying. I don't think I was the only person saying the Ravens' worst enemy is not their opponents. The Ravens' worst enemy are the Ravens, and that's what happened here. They were sloppy with the football. They fumbled the ball into the end zone. They committed taunting penalties, personal fouls after plays, roughing the passer calls. They were headbutting dudes. Um, you, you know, like they dropped a bunch of passes. Aguilar dropped that, that first mm-hmm. conversion early. Um, I think flowers had a drop, uh, you know, like, like they are. And then Lamar threw the interception, which was red zone, two red zone turnovers, two red zone turnovers. And like, 
if you're a truly transcendent team, maybe you get lucky and overcome that. Maybe in a different scenario, the Ravens get something to go their way and they overcome that. But that's been their formula for losing all year. Like they lost to the Colts. They lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Browns in games where they were sloppy with the football, where they turned the ball over a bunch, where they were dropping passes. And this felt like that again. And so I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying there's something innate about the Ravens that prevents them from winning in the postseason. I'm saying they are a this sort of team where they get in their own way and they very clearly got in their own way again, just like they did in the regular season. Yeah. I, I think that's a very reasonable take. I think it's a tremendously blown opportunity. Yeah. It's too reasonable for me. Like this is, is this, is this Lamar's best chance at winning a Super Bowl? Um, it's really hard for me to imagine them be having a home championship game with a team that's fairly healthy and is as talented as their team was this year go up against uh, a team like the Chiefs that is as flawed as they were offensively with tackles that are questionable and no true number one receiver that scares anybody and an aging tight end. Like I, I look pretty nice today though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. That's that was the one weapon they had, and it felt like. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. It doesn't mean that they can't win. They obviously can win when they're underdogs, but I can't imagine that they will have all of this stuff lined up for them again. We got Burrow coming back and Allen coming back and the Chargers are going to get better and Mahomes' team's going to get better. Proud. Yeah, C.J. Stroud's going to continue to get better and that team's going to get better. Flacco. Joe Flacco's going <laughs> to lead the Browns <laughs> into Zach the Wilson. future. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not going to work out for them eventually, but I can't foresee them having an opportunity as good as this one uh, come back around. Can we talk about the ref? Yeah, yeah, we can talk Please. about the ref. This sure. poor guy, just his voice started breaking like a prepubescent <laughs> teenager in the second quarter. And I just felt like every single time there was a flag on the field, he's just like, oh, no, please, let's pick it up. Please, <laughs> can someone else do this announcement for me? I don't want to talk. He's like announcing like taunting penalties and like he's his voice is cracking. It's It just... I I I don't really feel bad for the refs very often, and I felt <laughs> so bad for this ref in this situation. He was fine. He handled it. He's a tough guy. Charlie, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. I didn't feel bad. Thank for you, Charlie. I was like, this is this is good stuff. It was very different. Obviously, having gone to the the Houston game and then this game, Houston couldn't get out of their own way as far as like the crowd noise. And I guess you should be a accustomed to it with the Chiefs because every time you go to anybody's stadium, it kind of feels like a Super Bowl for that team and mm -hmm. it's a very intense atmosphere. And so I guess I shouldn't be surprised that they didn't have any like substitution errors, procedural uh, penalties. And it goes back to the point that you were making, Bill, about teams beating themselves like the Ravens have done many times this year. The Chiefs don't seem to do that in the playoffs. And it seemed like it happened uh, last week, too, for them, even though they had that fumble in the situation uh, with McColl in the red zone. They just mm -hmm. always feel like they're a team that's not going to quite put themselves in those awful situations. Well, we should talk about the Chiefs, too, the big picture of how, how this team has succeeded because uh, I don't know if anyone on this podcast, maybe the person talking wrote them off for dead because they didn't have any wide receivers and they yeah. just continued yeah. to – yeah. And yeah, they continue to win. Before some of them picked us the Chiefs to make it to the Super Bowl before the season. Some of us went six for six in their AFC bracket on ESPN.com and nice. picked all six I, playoff games. I wasn't I wasn't invited to participate. <laughs> Who knows what I would have picked? <laughs> um 
I mean, well, here's the thing. Do you want to talk about the small picture accomplishment of winning this game for the Chiefs when they seem considerably undermanned or the big picture of the fact that Mahomes is entering, this is crazy, a new stratosphere for what Mahomes is. Like winning this way, you see people online talking about like, this is dynasty era. This is Patriots, Chiefs, that's it stuff. I mean, Cowboys, 49ers, but yeah. yeah, they are in that position. I think the big picture is more interesting to me. Uh, and I think what this, I guess, combining small picture and big picture, what this season means to the big picture of Mahomes is incredible. Uh, it's a team that no one thought had the ability. And this is the first time where we hear the name Jordan thrown around. When you got this guy, you got a chance. Obviously, the defense was great, but it does feel like, the ability that Patrick Mahomes has does make this team. It's hard to, to verbalize this in a way that doesn't sound cliche, but like he's so special and he makes, he gives them a chance just because he's out there. And we say that about a lot of people, but it's never been more true. I feel like I want to go back and take it away from anyone I've ever said it about before because of the way that Patrick Mahomes has played, not just this year, but last year with two teams that I didn't think were Super Bowl caliber teams. He's gotten them both to the Super Bowl. And I think I would probably pick him to win this one. Mm -hmm. I, I think, more than the numbers, more than what we see from him on, on, on the field on a week-to-week -week basis, more than the range of, of ways he's now found to beat people, like the fact that he's gone from being the dude who is going to beat you over the head with deep bombs to like the dude who's going to just pick you apart underneath, mm -hmm. who's going to scramble away from every sack, who's going to pick up like back-breaking first downs with his legs at the absolute most opportune time for the Chiefs who's going to avoid making Pretty mistakes ask. like it 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 really hit me today in how the announcers were talking about Lamar where it was like oh if Lamar beats Patrick Mahomes he's made it like it is settled he is good and it's like <laughs> Lamar is about to win his second MVP in like his sixth NFL season and even before today I think if you asked 100 people you know, you have to win a game. You could pick Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. No disrespect to Lamar. I think 90 of those 100 people, 95 100. are picking Patrick Mahomes. 100 are picking Patrick Mahomes. And I, I think that's true for every quarterback. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, like yeah, I, to me, it feels ever. like Mahomes is now on his own tier. And, like, we talk about Burrow, we talk about Allen, we talk about Herbert, we talk about that. We talk about all these quarterbacks who are great in their own ways. But there is nobody. Yeah, you didn't nobody. have to include Dak to make Dominique feel good. <laughs> oh, you know. You didn't have to. Yeah. I, mean, I wanted to back, get, a, get a little straight here we go out of Dominique. Here we but, go. Uh, um, this will be a sad, like a, here we go. Yeah, like in that, um, that um, Packers game, he was giving us a lot yeah. of, here we go. Here we go. You know, I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is, is one of one. And I, it feels like he has become the standard to such an extent that you have to beat him in a meaningful game, I guess a playoff game, to even be considered close to Mahomes, and that's not going away. Like, that's only going to keep growing because his resume, his playoff, his list of like playoff lore continues to grow. It's... um. I think when LeBron came into the NBA, he was immediately put on the like, we're going we're gonna to measure you on all-time great status because he had so much hype and he started out so well. I can't really think of anyone else who came into a league, not since like, I mean, I guess you could go back and 
I mean, I wasn't alive or paying attention when Magic was in the league or uh, Kareem or anyone like that. But Shaq wasn't even like yeah. that. We didn't do that for Shaq. But anyway, big Magic Johnson. What's he ever done? You weren't, <laughs> you weren't, you weren't alive when Magic was in the no, league. No, like when he entered the league. The point I'm making I is wasn't. the point that I'm getting to is that Patrick Mahomes is already at this fighting with ghosts stage, and he's been there for a couple of seasons. Where comparing him to anybody else seems irrelevant and you said I think we would pick uh Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson 98% of people would I'm I, and then you go to the rest of the league I think it's still there you go all time game for your life one quarterback <laughs> I got Iguodala <laughs> Iguodala all right it's time to move on it's time to move on great uh, great uh um shout out to Max <laughs> yeah and his little dog shout out Max Kellerman Oh, yeah, we met him and his yeah. little dog. We ran into him one of our Galavans. Yeah, in New we're York Gal City. West Village. Oh, wow. mm. Shout out, Max. We miss you. Old stomping grounds. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Um, all right, let's talk about the second game. Um, 49ers-Lions. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Lions had some some giveaways. I think you could say they they went for it a couple times on fourth downs, like kicking field goals. They were up twenty four to seven at one point. They had a ball bounce off a defensive back's face mask, which was caught by Brandon Ayuk. Uh, then there was the Gibbs fumble immediately after, which like pretty much tied up the game. Then Reynolds had a couple drops. Jameson Williams dropped a touchdown. The punt where they forgot about the goal line and ran into the end zone. Anthony Ferkser is not an ambi turner. <laughs> um, and so I got to ask, does it, does it feel so, like the lions, you, does it feel like they choked against the 49ers? So you think that Ferkser can turn well over his left shoulder? He just can't turn over his right shoulder. He, he, he can't just, turn right. He's not an ambi turner. He's not an ambi turner. Is that is that a, a Charlie Kravitz original no, phrase? No, no, no. It's from Zoolander. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was a Charlie Kravitz, Kravitz original. All right. So you um you tainted the jury while asking the question. You just I went presented down, facts. You went down a, a, a list all of, admissible information <laughs> of all the evidence of them choking this game away. The one thing I push back on is the fourth down, going for it on fourth down, and you missed them. They weren't bad decisions. Like mm-hmm. I, I think they're. I'll defend those decisions. I like those decisions. And those are the decisions that got them past last week. Those decisions that got them to this point all season. And those are the decisions that Dan Campbell's always made. So I would subtract those out. The getting hit in the face with the face with the ball, the fumbling. Uh, re- after that, the Reynolds drops, like uh, the the um, Jamison Williams drop, like those. Did you had you include that in oh, your yeah, rundown? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. those those are choke jobs, and I am sorry, <laughs> I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but I think that on their plane ride home, they are having a lot of regret about blowing that twenty four to seven lead. I, I'll I'll, I'll grant the drops as choke jobs. I, I don't believe there's any sort of intent or or relevance to the ball bouncing off your face mask and hitting drop falling directly into Brandon Ayuk's hands. That's the one because I feel like that was the biggest play of all of these, right? Maybe the, the Gibbs fumble might be the one, but like that was the one where it really sprung the Niners comeback and total luck in every single possible way and it's going to be held up as like well if dan campbell had just kicked that field goal kendall vindor doesn't have the ball bounce off his face mask bro like it just <laughs> it's it's just like come on we need to collect just... every everybody's dumb guy voice because <laughs> bill's got a great you guys, dumb guy you guys voice. Just gonna start impersonating he's me. got a great dumb guy <laughs> that's a great dumb dumb football guy voice um yeah you're a nicer man than me you can't have it bounce off your face mask. Like you can drop an interception, but uh, you better drop that thing to the ground. You never, you never no. got hit in the face with a football no. in your career. No, never. No. I've dropped plenty of interceptions. No, but I've never Not had with your head though. I've never had one ricochet off my face mask in a championship game for a forty-yard gain. Like no, hell no. And I'm sorry, <laughs> but that stinks. <laughs> That's, uh, I, and they threw a flag on it, which I didn't think was a good call, but it didn't matter because he headbutted it up. Yeah, it was That's hilarious. You get called for headbutting the football. Yeah. Um, um, I, I mean, like the story of this game, we can talk about it all we want. It's going to be Dan Campbell blew it by going for it on, on two fourth downs. And that's not surprisingly. I, I don't think that's the case. Right. But. I want to ask a question because I think this is a, a thing I've seen a lot of online in the conversation about this play afterwards. There's been arguments that Dan Campbell and the Lions 
mismanage this game because of the situation and because it's a conference championship game because they were up by 14 and they could have got up by three scores in the third quarter that they should have been more conservative than they would have been in, in a tie game in week four and i want to know do you think that's the case do you think they should have been more conservative because of the situation they found themselves in I mean, obviously they should have kicked the field goal when they didn't get it. <laughs> um, we can all go back in time. Yes, they should have been more conservative if they knew they weren't going to sure. get the fourth down. But yeah, sure. I didn't have a problem with them making a decision. So it, it feels dishonest to go back now and say I have a problem with it because they didn't make it. You could argue like we always do uh, and say, well, we didn't like the play call. Like None of that seems to really matter. You got open. Yeah, yeah, none of that seems to really matter to me. Yeah, I, the play call, the second fourth down, they were anticipating man and got zone, and you could not have an argument against that play call, but I didn't hate that play call either. Like, I thought it was the right decision. I personally would have kicked it, but I'm a coward. So uh, <laughs> I also probably wouldn't have my team in the conference championship. It seems absurd to all of a sudden uh, or to have people celebrating Dan Campbell's aggressiveness all season as recently as last week to now uh, and that aggressiveness, the same one, the same way they got that lead to now be like, oh, no, now you got to be conservative because this game, it just feels cherry picky and and um, and cowardly, honestly. I'll flip it. Do you think they should have gone for it at the end of the first yes, half? Yes, that's what I was about to say. Points on the field by kicking there. Yes, they were running it down their throat. And Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan was puckering up. He was shriveling. He was going the full. He was giving us the full Kyle Shanahan. They couldn't stop the run. Chase Young had quit already like four times on goal line <laughs> runs. Been like, nah, you're good. Just run it at that guy, and you're gonna score. Fair point. Wasn't that's, aggressive enough. I like that. Yeah. That that's the thing that I I always find so frustrating with coaches, right? Where they're like, oh, you know, listen, the flow of the game. We, we were, you know, it's a close game. It was a defensive battle. They were beating their. For three quarters of this game, they were doing whatever they wanted on offense. The whole menu was working. Like, Ben Johnson was getting raises in his text messages from the two teams left who have to hire coaches coach. with each passing series. And the idea that, oh, they should have been conservative. Like, they were dominating on offense for this game. If the numbers say these were close calls... The fact that they were so good on offense for the majority of this game, given how often we hear that teams should be more conservative than normal because of a defensive game or a situation that justifies you know, being more conservative than numbers, this was a situation where you should be more aggressive than the numbers because of how good they were on offense throughout the first three quarters of this game until they started melting down and dropping passes and fumbling. Well, it's good for Washington. Now you get a sober uh, ben Johnson here two weeks earlier to come fix the Washington. The one thing that I did uh, complain about at the time in Ben Johnson's play calling was the flea flicker. As mm -hmm. soon as I saw, Dude. as soon as I saw him toss it back, I was like, "No, <laughs> what are you doing?" They just like ran for eight yards a pop ten, two times in a row, and he's doing flea flickers. But yeah, I don't even remember how that drive ended. But I hated that. That pissed me off. Didn't they have two flea flickers in this game? Uh, I don't remember. I remember one that really upset me. That's the only one I remember in the second half. Like, what are you doing? Don't get cute. You're not the cute team. Like, you run tricks when you can't move the ball. You run tricks mm -hmm. when things aren't working. Why are we doing tricks? You're running it right through this defense. But, yeah, that was it. That was why they lost the game, because Ben wanted to flick fleas rather than tote pills. Um, should we talk about Brock Purdy? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Gamer. MVP. 
Clutch. Clutch. You see the way that he threw the proper spin to make it bounce off of a face mask? Yeah, don't, don't, don't forget the fact that that guy's what? deceptively athletic. Oh, did you see? Did you so see that deceptive. that like that like three yard pass he threw against his body that required like oh. a one handed leaping catch from Jawan? Third, third, oh. third, and Jawan. I loved, I loved it because immediately after he like threw a hospital ball that Jawan jumped up and grabbed one handed, and then he was like, "Oh, I didn't get you hurt that play." Let me throw a hospital <laughs> ball two plays later to you at the goal line. He was like, man, I don't know what Juwan did to him, but for a stretch there, Brock was not trying to win the game. He was just trying to send Juwan to the Amalams. He was like, I cannot let Kyle Shanahan put him in the Debo role again. If Debo gets hurt, we cannot give Juwan Jennings more carries. I have to take care of this right now. Debo is like, like Debo's always hurt. I got to get Juwan Jennings always hurt too. Debo, watching him with the ball in his hands, it's it reminds me a lot of like a skilled center in basketball where like you can't do anything about it. Everyone knows we're going to get him the ball quickly and then he's going to break your tackle. And you come up with all intentions of tackling him. There was one play where a DB was on his ankle and he lifted him up oh, yeah. with his foot. It was the face mask guy. Yeah. Oh, rough day for face yeah, mask guy. Yeah, face mask guy got Bulgarian split squad <laughs> three yards down the field. Debo's such a special player. Um, we got off of the Purdy love too quickly though. Like all jokes aside, Purdy, he made some big plays in the second half, mostly with his legs that were deceptive. Yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill deceptive what did you think? Because legs. it looked like he was going to like go full pumpkin Purdy in the first half of that game, and they were going <laughs> to be done. P. But then, again, yeah, like he was pretty good yeah. in the second half. That's Brock Purdy. Yeah. I, like, there's this idea in people's head of what Brock Purdy is, where he's like the stable you know, game manager. He's going to get the ball out to the right guy. That ain't, that ain't Brock Purdy, for better or worse, especially if Brock Purdy is trailing because Brock Purdy's trailing. That ball's coming out. I don't know who it's going to. Brock doesn't always know who it's going to. Uh, he's going to scramble. He might run with it. He might toss it up against his body to nobody. Like, like he is... He He's like a a cat who has learned how to play football. <laughs> like you think, you think you understand what Brock Purdy is going to do. And then you might get that most of the time, but once in a while he's going to mix it up on you and you are going to be more confused than you've ever been confused about a quarterback in your life because he contains so many multitudes so he's, and he's Brock has Purdy. such a weird range of skills. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. I'm sorry. I got distracted. No. <laughs> You said Brock Purdy was a cat. Oh, Charlie said. Brock Purdy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone listening. I double apologize to everyone watching. I triple I apologize, apologize to Bill Barnwell. No, I don't apologize. That's I don't apologize. I had to say. To Charlie's family. <laughs> do you think uh do you think the first take producers were happy or sad that Brock Purdy won that game? Oh, thrilled. Thrilled? Thrilled. You don't think they wanted, think, they wanted to have, like bring someone on to like, nah, cause now like they, Brock now, Purdy's a bum. I always knew he was a bum. Because he gave them enough enough bum for them to hold on to, and he can still talk about it for two more weeks. It's, yep. it's not as much fun to talk about the Lions. First Take is not a show that thrives on the heartwarming story. Mm. <laughs> the heartwarming story was a one-day First Take thing. They're going to need, oh, they got Purdy for two weeks. Oh, 
People are going to pick apart how everyone else around him did it and he didn't do it. He just ran with the ball, even though he was pretty good. Okay. Leaving the Lions aside briefly. Okay. Charlie, what did you say about Chase Young earlier in this segment? Uh, run the ball right at him because he completely quit on that play that Jameer Gibbs scored a touchdown on. And he's not that Chase good. Chase Young has not been good for a while. That's there? right. Nick uh, Bosa had three two years. sacks in this game, but they were the, the Lions did a really good job of taking him out of place and taking advantage of their aggressiveness. Do you believe the Niners defense is something that should scare Patrick Mahomes and company? Or do you feel like this is a worse version of the defense the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl three years ago? I mean, I think it's obvious. It's the absolute worst version of that defense. It's probably the worst version of the 49ers defense in these recent Shanahan runs. One of the things that we've been preaching on this podcast is how those Shanahan defense or those Shanahan teams were always kind of kept in games by how good the defensive played. And that was the opposite in this game here. And they have several weaknesses in the uh, Chase Young addition. I think uh, bringing in Armstead, I think is valuable, but the Chase Young addition hasn't bolstered this defense. And yeah, they, they're do what we do type of defense because they've always been incredibly talented up front. And had good linebackers. So they're like, all right, we're going to line up and do this. And we're going to be good enough that you're not going to be able to stop it. They're going to have to get – and they've already gotten a little bit more flexible and creative. I think after the bye, they started doing more man and more blitzing. And in this game, they blitzed a little more. And they're not built for that. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, that defense is going to pose a great deal of challenge for Patrick Mahomes. But the problem still is they still have – uh, dearth of receiver talent do we are we concerned are we officially concerned about the Niners kicker no no I don't get concerned about kickers no time being concerned about kickers not in the Super Bowl you don't nah. get concerned about kickers maybe all right kick the ball got one <laughs> job I mean uh, yeah what is yeah. You just don't care enough to be concerned. I understand. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it'll be all right. Whatever. I think it's going to come down. Not going to come down gonna, to a field we're, goal. We're gonna, I can't wait this part it comes down to a field goal. We don't have to worry about this part. No, nah, I'm looking forward to the final play of the game being a, a 49ers field goal attempt to win the game after I said I don't care mm -hmm. about kickers. Perfect. It's, I, I do appreciate, though, that the 49ers won, so I don't look like a complete buffoon this weekend because you like a buffoon because you said that the um, – you look like a buffoon. Thank no, you. Yeah, you, Thank you. No, no, I no. do look like a buffoon. Because you said the Chiefs were could, were not a serious outfit. I never said that. Well, I mean, you essentially said that they can't make it to the to the um, Super Bowl. Not what I said. Okay, fine. The, Lions, never mind. the Lions were up 17 points. A team you called an unserious know, outfit for I four know, months. That's, that's what I was saying. We're up 17 that's points. That's what I was getting to. Time. Except Charlie got sensitive I because I jokingly I just, called him a few buffoon. No, no, I no. was the buffoon in this case, and I was thanking the 49ers for saving me because obviously the Lions are good enough to be in the Super Bowl in our very serious outfit after I said they were unserious. So thank you, 49ers. For, actually, thank you, Lions, for being an unserious outfit and blowing the game. Woohoo! They were so unserious. They were the second very half, unserious they, today. Like, I mean, that that guy the, the face mask guy not serious the punt the punt upset me the most and i know it, people don't care about this very much but when they couldn't down the ball inside the one it upset me because you know what the goal line don't move it ain't never moved my guy seemed surprised by it and i was like what are you doing anyway sorry detroit mm. but, so, 
What's better for so back on this first take thing? Again, <laughs> they're gonna get a lot okay. of they're gonna get a lot of runway out of Lamar and Mahomes tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah. Lamar's in trouble, guys. Uh, yeah, Did you? Do you think Lamar was watching the first half of that 49ers game being like, Brock, if you just keep sucking, no one is going to remember what I did. Like all, all the uh, analysts are going to be so delighted that they were finally right about Brock Purdy. They'll forget about me. Uh, no way. Lamar's too big a celebrity. His, once his game was poor and he knew he was in trouble, he, there was nothing he could happen to, nothing that could happen that could save him. Analysts love Brock Purdy. I don't know what you're talking about. Like only the people who are too hardcore too, too nerdy dislike brock purdy right uh nope no 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 who, who doesn't like brock purdy well I, don't, I think most people like brock purdy i think the interesting or the challenging thing about talking about brock purdy which i think we've done a decent job of it lately oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is i mean not just our show but other shows done a better job of it lately is brock purdy inevitably gets gets compared to people like lamar jackson and patrick mahomes and that's when other people are like hey the MVP debate. He's good, but he ain't them. And so when by if you don't if you say it that way, it doesn't get taken as badly as when other the way they frame it oftentimes is he's being carried, which is also not fair. So uh, I think that's the he, challenging he, thing. He did literally get carried. He did. That was awesome. Today. Did, you see, did you notice that, Bill? I think it was no, uh, Feliciano. Not. Yeah, it? yeah. He on one of his big runs when he he like the Lions seemed afraid to like hit him and get a uh, personal foul. <laughs> He sort of, you know, dove forward near the goal line, and Feliciano literally picked him up like a, in a little baby Bjorn and carried him back to the huddle and like patted the top of his head. And was like, "Thanks, Brock." Uh, a ba- a baby Bjork. <laughs> What's a baby Bjork? A baby Bjork. Um, you know, like like. Uh, Brock Purdy hasn't changed. He yeah. he like he he does different things each week, but he's still the same dude. Like I, I don't see why. But like at this point, I think if you have a if you have a belief that Brock Purdy is the single driving force behind the 49ers, or you have a belief that Brock Purdy is like a total useless quarterback who's entirely carried by the people around him and Kyle Shanahan, you're not paying attention. You're just, yeah. you're, you're arguing in bad faith at this point. Yeah, I, I, don't I mean, know I don't think and, and maybe this is uh, not the conversation you want to have, Charlie, but I don't think that anyone is saying either. I think that people are hearing both being said, whether anyone says it or not, yeah. is if you are on one side, like, no, Brock is, is good. He's helping this team a lot. Uh, other people hear that as he's just as important to this offense as Lamar Jackson. If you say that Brock is not as good as Lamar Jackson, people are hearing you say that Brock is being carried by Debo and Christian and everyone around him. And so, I mean, it's what happens in debates about just about anything. So I'm glad we don't do that on this show. Yeah. <laughs> say, guys, say it with your chest. One more, one more Lions thing. Okay. You guys see the shots from the crowd of people at Ford Fields. Uh, yeah. They didn't show them, to my knowledge, after the Lions blew that lead. We need is that it, footage. Is it is it worse it already. to go to a stadium and where your team is playing on the road and have them lose? Or is it worse to go to a draft party where your team trades away its first round pick and you don't actually draft anybody? Well, I I can speak from experience of both of these. So, really? um, well, I had a party at my house when I was getting drafted, and oh, it's very uncomfortable. Luckily, I got drafted towards the end of the first day. It was back when first three rounds were in the first day. Who would have been real sad saying bye to people? 
<laughs> as they were leaving because I didn't get drafted. Um, that was pretty sad, but it turned out to be fine. It was pretty dramatic and fun. Um, but I was in Miami this summer for the NBA Finals. Well, I wasn't there for the NBA Finals. I was there uh, uh, hosting Dan's show for Dan, and they had a watch-along in the hotel I stayed at was across the street from the arena, so I went to the watch-along, and I stayed for a half because Jokic was doing his thing. It got sad in there quick. <laughs> You're just act, acting like a Heat fan leaving early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I came late and left early because they had no answer for them. It was really sad. Do we... Are, are we? We're not going to have a show next week, I assume, next Sunday, or we're not the same kind of show, right? Are we going to do? Do we have to do our predictions now? No, we can. We can do a prediction now. We'll save it. We'll, we'll do a show next Sunday. It just won't be. I mean, maybe we can re- recap. Uh, yeah, we can change else. our predictions. Uh, immediate or uh, um, armchair predictions. Here we go. What you got? Here we go. What what's what's the difference between a prediction and an armchair prediction? Well, I feel like this is like the most heavily recency bias prediction you could possibly have. Like we're not going to put any time thought and analysis and doing the matchup comparison It's like right now I'm still high on Patrick Mahomes. So I'm not picking him against anybody. I, I am picking him against everyone, including the 85 bears <laughs> or the They're what, old. The, uh, yeah, they definitely would be the 85 bears. But yeah, no, nah, I'm going Mahomes. Those. I'm going Mahomes over everybody right now because I am still high on the Patrick Drug. I picked the Niners to beat the Chiefs in that Super Bowl a few years ago, mm. and Oops. I felt real smart for three quarters. <laughs> and then in the fourth quarter, I felt like the biggest dum dum. And I said, <laughs> I am not. I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes in a game like this again. <sighs> so I, I'm going to be taking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs one way or another. Charlie is three. Oh yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Yeah. Are, you, are you kidding? We're doomed. Are you we're kidding? We are doomed. It's, it's not. It's nothing to do. It's half Patrick Mahomes. It's also half Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy is gonna throw the ball off of Andy Reid for a first down <laughs> somehow. Off of his frozen mustache. Off his mustache. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> this has been fun. Thanks for everything, Bill. All season long, since you don't want to come next Sunday. I guess this is the last time we're seeing you. So. Appreciate you for the Sundays that you've offered up until this point, and there's hope no, to see there's you There's no Vegas. game next Sunday. Uh, it doesn't matter. I was still going to be here. I still yeah. wanted to talk to you. Still wanted to talk to Charlie, you but call clearly me. you're you not going to be here. If you want. All right, well. I may not answer. I don't know for what we're going to have to talk about, but uh, you could see. You could probably talk Pro Bowl? to it. <sighs> yeah, let's let's make predictions for the Pro Bowl dodgeball game. All right, um, we will see you in Vegas in a couple of weeks. Can't wait for that to happen. Going to be a lot of gallivanting. Uh, it'll yeah, it'll, we'll be in February then. I don't have to do dry January anymore. Pissy pissy all over the strip with my man Charlie. I'm a little nervous about this. <laughs> Bye, Bill. Bye, Charlie. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Cortez. Thank you, Megan, Serafina, Brian, Kevin, and Hardville. We love you. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. 